For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 390 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, man. It's going all right. How are you? Good. Um, we got two more episodes of Star Wars to talk about this week. Maybe a little less, yeah, uh, little less loosey-goosey than last week. I guess it remains to be seen for sure. <laughs> but Well, you know good time was had that's what that's what's important mm-hmm. is the fact that uh i do this to have a good time with you and talk about star wars and hopefully our our friends that listen enjoy it but yeah. uh it's mostly fun to talk to you i'm um it's it's still weird getting two different star wars show in the same day like it's not that i don't like it i'm i'm definitely enjoying it but it's just so weird. And like, you know, obviously the first thing I'm going to watch is Mandalorian. And then I'll watch Bad Batch. And it's just, it's a lot to take in. Um, it is. And then we've only really got two more weeks of it. Because next week, you know, we'll get one episode of each. And then the week after that, we'll get... um two episodes of bad batch to wrap up the season and an episode of mandalorian so okay i guess we gotta enjoy it while it lasts um but we got what i felt was a pretty fascinating episode of mandalorian to talk about this week um right right i think it's it's sort of setting up for the rest of the season but we'll get to all that we'll get to all that um, yeah. In the meantime, if you guys need to find us anywhere, if you want to follow us on any of our social medias, Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram, it's real easy to do. Just go to blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your Blue Harvest needs. Um, so next week, starting on the 20th, I'm going to have some days off. 
from my job and I am going to be streaming a whole lot over on the Blue Harvest Pod Twitch channel. So come hang out. Please come hang out. It should be a good time. I'm sure Will will stop by when he can. Steve will be there. Yeah, Jeff, Nick, all our buddies. So if, if Will can make a, make an appearance, we might even try to get down on some Fortnite. On Streamathon. Yeah, man. Streamathon. Streamathon 2023. Yeah. That's, that's what we'll call it. Streamathon. Vacation week streamathon. Um, yep. And you know what else you can get at blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com? A link to our Patreon where if you really I enjoy whoo, if you really enjoy the show um, and you want to support us for as little as $3 a month, you can. Um, and you'll get access to our exclusive feed where we post all our bonus shows. There's been a lot of you know, right now, since we're in Star Wars season, it's, it's a lot of immediate reactions to episodes. And um, there's been this thing going on with Podbean or hosting service where I guess they started putting ads on our show. And typically they let me know, like, hey, there's going to be an ad running. Interesting. On but they, a listener let me know this time. It wasn't the... Uh, the hosting service so if that's going to be something that's going to continue which i'm fine with um we're going to start putting the blue harvest episodes up a few hours early ad free because i don't want the you know the patrons that support us to have to also listen to ads so um right we'll be doing that for the time being and if it seems like the ads will continue or if you guys are enjoying getting the episodes a little early then we'll keep that going too but, you know, we've got Cooking with Will and Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Star Wars Year by Podcast and Masters of Harvest Kasi, Podula Rasa, Blue Harvest Adventures, so much stuff going on. I was about on. to say, the backlog of Blue Harvest Adventures. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on over at the Blue Harvest Patreon and um, we really appreciate all you guys that do support us. It means the world to us. It's definitely appreciated. So thank you guys. So, buddy, how's your week been? It's been good. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of taking care of the baby. The wife's been at work all week. Mm -hmm. But it's spring break for the kids, so it is nice to have them around. But my mom's been taking them a lot, so they've been seeing grandma a lot out at the RV in the woods. So uh, it's been good for them, too, you know. Oh, I kind of miss them a little bit. I haven't seen them in a while. Well, hey, man, but you get a little uh, bit of little bit of a uh, vacation from daddy daycare can't be too bad, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. An easier version of daddy daycare because yeah, I still yeah. got the baby. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it is nice to be able to that be my main focus. Um, <laughs> so that's um, somebody, uh, our, our old pal Chris uh from the uk just posted a rumor in the blue harvest uh discord um that apparently they're trying to get jean-claude van damme for beetlejuice 2 all right <laughs> okay okay maybe, maybe this hey, is why it. not maybe this is it maybe this reunites jcvd's career and next thing you know right where is he he's in a star wars show or movie Whew. 
Are we talking about JCVD as Beetlejuice or in Beetlejuice? Uh, I don't know that he's supposed to be Beetlejuice. It did like this was. He said it's just a rumor that's apparently going around. I haven't seen it, but I, you know, I've been sort of checked out. Yeah, I was assuming media. Michael Keaton would be Beetlejuice. Yeah, no, I don't think. I don't think the assumption is that JCVD himself will be playing Beetlejuice. That would be awfully weird. Like I can't honestly, I can't see that going well for him if that is the idea. You know, I think people would be like, "Wow, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense." I'm not going to go see that. And then, does that lead to him being in Star Wars? No, it does not. Is the answer. So, let's hope he's just you know going to be part of the cast. Ma'am, I can I can only imagine the the joke. It'll be good. The. Uh, whew. Buddy, I got to figure that that's a bit of a fucking, either way, that's a bit of a stretch. You know, bringing, Beetle, what? Being, bringing Beetlejuice back. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I like Beetlejuice. Somebody, somebody told them that nostalgia would last forever. And so they're like, you know, the original Beetlejuice, uh, you know, just something you don't mess with, right? Like, you, some of this shit is good because there isn't a second movie. Not everything requires a second movie. Yeah, and I, I certainly agree with that, but I also just like, I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, I think you could have done a good sequel to Beetlejuice, but I kind of wonder if the fucking, that ship has sailed, you know? <laughs> I guess we'll see. Look, yeah. maybe it'll come out and I mean, fucking hate outgross Bill Avatar. Bill got a third movie. And it was good. It's one of the few returns to a, a franchise after a long absence that, um, in recent time, that I've thought was pretty good ghostbusters was good too um ghostbusters was good but yeah man well i guess we'll see man i guess we'll see if that's true and if it is true how that all pans out that's one of those things that's been bandied about as a rumor for decades i feel like since i've been on the internet reading about movies as a teenager there were you know rumors of a beetlejuice sequel Ooh, well, I wish him the best, especially if oh Jean Claude Van Damme is involved, man. Hope it, like I said, I hope it reignites his career. It's a JC, you know, old Keanu Reeves. He had his renaissance. He's in the midst of his re- renaissance. Yeah, <clears throat> his 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 popularity is on another level. Yeah. He hit that other level because he's genuinely a good dude. Is what it seems like. It's uh, that you um, know. I say I agree and i always i take the same route you just do where i say it seems like he is because seems like i at any point whether (laughs) it's someone you know in real life or someone that you admire that's like you know a celebrity the page can turn and you find out that they are an awful fucking human being so yeah yeah fingers crossed that that doesn't happen to keanu because i do like him no i think i might go see the new john wick on my one of my days off next week. Um, That's cool. <clears throat> so, buddy, we got two episodes of Star Wars this week again. We got our uh, chapter 19 of The Mandalorian, which, um, you know, was interesting. It didn't listen. I've seen some people make the comparison, you know, to those episodes of Book of Boba Fett that still chap my ass so much. But I think we can all 
be honest and, and say like they didn't go full on dissing Boba Fett in his own show in this episode because old Din no. Djarin got plenty of cool shit to do. Um, right. He just wasn't the, you know, the main story being told this episode. But d- despite all of that, I thought this episode was really fascinating. Like it, it did a lot of things that I was really interested to see. You know, a lot of Coruscant stuff, a lot of New Republic stuff. Um, so, and, and I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Um, what did you think of this episode, buddy? Oh, I loved it. Um, uh, parts of it, the chunk, the story about the Doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that felt so much like Andor. Like it, like the, I don't know, like the intimate storytelling and the, I don't know, kind of espionage nature to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept thinking, is this the, 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 uh, the first order, the, oh my goodness. Right. Like, is this the beginning of the first order? You know, oh, like, you know, we've been, this is okay. So like I am uh, what I'm finding, you know, as this series continues is that I'm essentially a little bit more of a lenient fan when it comes to the Mandalorian. Like some things that, you know, bother other people don't really seem to bother me that much. You know, everybody's experience is going to be different. Right. But the one thing that is slightly starting to annoy me just a little bit is like, Cut the shit, guys. We know what you're implying here, right? Like, it just come out and fucking say it. Don't dance around it anymore, right? Like, you know, it, it, it started in season two when they raided that base, right? And we saw the, the experiments in the doo-doo water, right? And it's right. like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's probably related to the whole cloning Palpatine fucking Snoke thing from the sequel trilogy, right? And then, like, right. you know, they they circle back around to that stuff. This episode with, you know, Dr. Pershing talking about how, like, you know, Moff Gideon was looking to, you know, use his knowledge of cloning and his experiments in cloning to further his own power and like guys just cut the bullshit guys let's just get it over with just go ahead and say yes that's what's going on like i i don't know i don't know a way that they could continue being like Ooh, do you know what's going on here guys <laughs> and and then reveal it down the road where it's not like yeah we know we know that's what you guys have been doing okay you see what i'm saying does that make any sense well like, no yeah i see it's like uh, we already it's know a mystery that's being teased i feel like yes it seems like they're teasing a mystery of like ooh, what's the deal with all this cloning stuff and like <laughs> you know mo- i i yeah. feel like most people are like uh guys we know what the deal is with this cloning stuff right you had you had homeboy from Losco. Oh, ancient Sith ris- rituals, dark side powers, and cloning and shit. Right in episode yeah. nine, like the 
the quickest throwaway and tigers and bears oh my the quickest throwaway explanation for how palpatine is back and like the thing is is i'm 100 percent down for them to show us sort of the build up to that right and like you know there's some backstory behind that whole thing but you don't have to make it like ooh, it's a mystery when i feel like for the most part we all know what's going on here right right so that's right. the one thing well that and you know cutting boba fett out of two of his own goddamn episodes the two things that kind of irk me about this you know connected story we're getting so far is like right come on cowboy maloney and fucking jet ski favro like just just let's just do it we can rewind yeah we can rewind a little bit to the first of him coming out of the mine water in Mandalore. Like mm -hmm. that was intense. Uh, the fact that she kept from him, the fact that she saw a mythosaur mm -hmm. down there. Like she didn't tell Din Djarin that like, yeah, and, it was just her that saw it. I'm not exactly sure why she's keeping that from him. I mean, we're, we, that's something we will find out. But like, yeah. when I sit here and think like, okay, well, what would her possible motivations for keeping that from him be? And like, the she one may be looking at her own designs on power as opposed to supporting Din Djarin. It, it could certainly be that. It could certainly be that. And I also wonder like, like, <laughs> um, does she like, not is she embarrassed, but like, okay, if, if you, all right, well, so if you and I were hanging out in a spooky cave and you're like, I don't know, man, I got to bathe in this water so I can be redeemed in this cult I'm part of. And I'm there with you like, buddy, I don't agree with all this, but you know, you're my friend. I'll support you. And then, you know, I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's, you know, I, I, I know the whole deal is you got to keep your helmet on, but you know. Maybe drop some of the other armor before you go into that water, right? Right. Um, and then you go plunging into the depths, and my ass has to swim down there and get you. And if I saw a giant creature underwater while you were passed out, I don't know. Like, would I be like, dude, listen, while I was down there, did you see something? Did you see anything under there? And you, we're best friends. Yeah. That, well, that's a little different, right? Acquaintance that is, mercenary. Yeah. That is a very I mean? good. That is a very good point. Who might have designs on taking my sword from me in combat and being leader? Right. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what her. Because this is the thing, right? Like. I don't think she's figured that out either. Like, I think at this point she doesn't have a plan. Like her. Yeah, I, I her, agree with she that. She was just sulking on the throne and she's kind of going with whatever. Yeah. Like, I just don't know why, what the reasoning is before. Cause like, I think I would have had to tell somebody like, yo, there is a big fucking creature down in that water guys. <laughs> but you know, you, you bring up a good point. Like, Bo-Katan's got a lot going on. She's got a lot of feelings about, you know, her heritage as far as leading Mandalore and I, the Darksaber and everything. Seeing how badass she is, honestly, it's very endearing. 
uh, and how much she helps Din Djarin when he needs help. Also very endearing, which made it so fucking sad that that Mandalorian castle that was her home got bombed. Like, of course you're yeah. pissed off. Like, I'd be pissed off too. Like, that sucks for you. Um, That ship that she stole from the Imperial Warlord. Okay, they keep talking about that's more than some warlord. Do you think it was Thrawn? No. Do you think it was like Thrawn's ship? No. So the ship she stole was Moff Gideon's ship from the end of season oh, two. Oh, I didn't. That's the ship. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's the ship they're referring to. I didn't to. realize. I thought that ship was a lot bigger. The one that Luke showed up? No. Yeah. Yeah, the one Luke showed up on. Because remember, yeah. like, part of the deal was she was going to keep that ship, I think. Um, and uh, see, like, this is the thing. I think, 100%, I think we are going to find out who sent the tie interceptors and the bombers to blow up her castle right. and, and fuck with them. It, it's going to be Gideon. Like, so he's know, locked up in jail though. Right. Mm -mm, I don't think so. Cause I think later in the episode when Pershing is hanging out with the other, um, you know, amnesty project folks. And one of the guys goes, I heard that Gideon escaped on his way to the war tribunal, right? I think that's going oh, to really? be true. And I think, not only do I think Gideon probably sent those TIE interceptors and shit, I think he, the the lady from this episode, whose name I cannot remember for the life of me, I think she oh, was yeah. working on his orders. Like, I think, so, like, not to... Okay, so you think she's loyal to Gideon? Oh, one... One million percent. One okay. million percent. I don't think she is loyal to the New Republic at all. I and and like no, I, said, I thought it for some reason I thought it was like the proto First Order faction uh, instead of Gideon. But well, I think those are one. Of that's the what I was going to ask you about. I think you know Gideon is part of the early version of the first order or whatever or maybe the first order is considered the jokers that went out you know beyond the outer rim or whatever and gideon i don't know it's all labels but i think she's working for gideon and i think gideon is very much in play and like i was gonna say not to be like out of line here but we know in because of interviews and stuff that giancarlo esposito is in the season right so okay uh yeah he if he didn't escape on his way then i'm expecting they'll do like a breaking him out of new republic prison storyline or scene or something this season a scene would be cool where his other set of dark troopers shows up and just like carts his ass right off during a transport or some shit um or we may see a scene of how he escaped on the way to that tribunal right right so, right I just, I 100% think that it was him that's behind all of this, right? Um, <clears throat> so, oh, but, and might I add, the the scene between Bo-Katan's ship, Din's ship, and all those TIE interceptors was real cool. That was a really cool dogfight. Like, one of the best ones they've done, I think. Um, yes, 
Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. That aerial fight mm-hmm. uh, looked incredibly good. All the stunts were really fucking good. Um, the, I mean, it just looked great, and it was great. It was kick-ass. I was impressed. I watched it twice, um, real intently yesterday, and then I, I put it on to Gay and intended to watch it with us, but the baby needed a lot of attention during when I was trying to watch it. So I not didn't watch it as closely like during the... Uh, the doctor storyline the second time, but I caught the the beginning and the end, the action sequences. Um, really, and I was just gonna th- I was thinking to myself like, this is really well done. Like these action sequences are good. Mm-hmm. Like they are kick ass pilots. They are kick ass, you know, fighters. Those Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Like watching Bo Katan and Din Djarin whoop ass is entertaining yeah. to the highest order. I like, um, and dude, I think Din's ship is like I think his new N one Starfighter is cool. Like it, the man, more, it's more, cool. It's yeah. powerful and whips ass. The more they that they show it off and show him using it, the more I like it even more. Right, but right, Bo's ship. I've always loved that design of like that Mandalorian ship since they did it in like the Clone Wars and seeing it in live yeah. action and shit. That's a it cool, is cool ship. man. <laughs> man, cool. that's a cool when ship. She, when she flips around and like shoots the tie interceptor face to face, that shit is cool and well executed as yeah. well. And I, you know, I feel like in some some cases, if they had tried to pull that whole like, ooh, we're gonna fly over real quick and drop you out of the bottom so you can jump into your ship and kick ass, like, I definitely think. Can you hear that helicopter going over my house? I can, yeah. Bro, I think the fucking Star Wars police are about to come get me. They were like, that's enough. You've made enough jokes about fucking how we took Boba Fett out of two of his own episodes. We're tired of it. It's it's Disney's lawyers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a guy that comes down on a rope, and mm-hmm. he's going to have like a flak jacket on that says Disney law. It's going to be Bob Iger wearing fucking Gareth Edwards' face as a mask. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he'll hit you with the cease and the desist. Yeah, that's his left fist and his right fist. His left is ceased. <laughs> his right is desist. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was funny. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, normally I would have been like, "Yeah, that's a little, maybe a little silly." But I, the way they executed it, I thought I was like, "Wow, this was actually pretty exciting." Right on. That well was done. Pretty good. Well done. Um. But yeah, it was um, a bummer to see her Mandalorian castle get blown up. Yeah. Do you think uh, when they jumped, or maybe before, does Grogu say this is the way in his little baby speak? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. When they when they both say this is the way, and then he says something, and then they look back at him, and they look at each other. It might. I mean, th- th- that might have been him. Just you know attempting to repeat you know that is a it's a cute little moment though they've done some real little like tiny little cute moments with grogu this yeah um, this season yeah he's very present without taking over the story like i know his storyline's coming up you know yeah and and, and listen like but like i think he's been very I think there's going to be a similarity between the two shows where, you know, it seems like it's leading up to where, like, you know, they're going to be trying to get Omega back. 
the empire is. I think, you know, they're going to be trying to get their hands on, um, Grogu again, you know, uh, yeah. if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, man, the, the, the ship battle at the beginning I thought was really entertaining. Like they did a really good job with it. <laughs> and then like, yeah, it breaks into this whole like breakaway story with Pershing and, I got to look up that lady's name, man. Um, Which is actually kind of sad. Like, you're like, okay, the dude's trying to... Okay, so the concept of the... I like this because it was a deep dive on Coruscant post-Empire. Yes, right? yes exactly. You don't really get to see that. I like mm -hmm. this. I like the stroll. It was like Amnesty. Amnesty, Rhea, you know, Amnesty Camp or House mm -hmm. or whatever. Um that's cool. Like it's trying to reintegrate Imperials into society, uh, without, you know, have people had going crazy. Um, uh, crazy to see all the decommissioned star destroyers, mm -hmm. just like lots, lots and lots of decommissioned star so, destroyers. So I can't remember how her last name is Kane, and I can't remember how they pronounce her first name. Is it Elia, Elia, Kane, Elia Kane? Katie O'Brien is who plays yeah. the other sort of lead in the storyline. Um, dude, <laughs> so. That was 100% the same, like, arena or whatever that the old Darth Plagueis the Wise scene happened in, right? Where Pershing's given That's his, what I was going to ask. Yeah. That's the same opera-like yes. theater yeah. where uh, Anakin and Palpatine had their conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think it 100% is. I don't, Looks like it. And it's, it's just funny to me because I imagine, like... You know, you're going to that opera house, you're going to sit down, and then, like, I don't know how long it's been since you've been to a movie, Will, specifically a movie at a um, AMC theater, but there's this whole, um, shit, what is her name? She was married to Tom Cruise for a while. Katie was, Holmes? No. Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman. There's this whole, like, Nicole Kidman commercial for AMC theaters where like she's talking about how great I think it is I've just, seen this. yeah yeah i just yeah, like going to imagine, the movies i just like to imagine that uh that that's what dr pershing's little sequence was like it, like they were like well before we get to the entertainment we're gonna have this guy come and talk about how he used to you know do cloning experience experiments for i used to empire uh -huh. but now i don't anymore yep not me not us Empire um, free is the way to be. And then like the douchey rich people afterwards. Ugh, they made my skin crawl. Yeah, right. It's been the galactic snobbery. Yeah. Um and then yeah, it sort of opens up into the whole storyline between him and the uh you know, the lady that also was stationed on Moth Gideon's ship. And I tell you what, buddy. From the get-go, I never thought anything but this lady's up to something. Not once did I think, oh, she's actually a good, like, a good guy. Like, I knew from the beginning, I was like, oh, ugh, watch out. She is up to something. Yeah. Um, Black Widow. 
and then like you know the whole storyline with um him wanting to you just know do his research yeah he just wants to do his research he feels like that you know that there are benefits to his research besides whatever quote unquote whatever it was he was doing for Moff Gideon we sure don't yeah. know I have no yeah, idea he still didn't really explain it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he said I did bad genetic stuff I did bad okay. things okay mm. yeah mm. <laughs> I used to empire now I don't empire anymore um but I think um I thought that stuff was pretty fascinating like <clears throat> but just it's Besides the overall story, which I thought was executed fairly well, like you said, the the glimpse of like Coruscant and how the New Republic is operating and showing that like they are not the perfect good guys, right? Like they're not nailing the post-Empire transition 100%, especially not in the case right. of like these folks that are in this amnesty program, right? Like they have a you know, like a very stiff droid interviewing him every now and then to see how things are going, you know, and like his right. job is to catalog shit that's going to be destroyed, old Imperial, um, you know, technology and weapons and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know how I always talk about, um, you know, the, the, the books and the comics are canon until someone decides they're not. And by someone, I mean, you know, <clears throat> someone in charge of like a show or a, a movie. We've seen a few instances of this where they've changed, you know, for instance, Cobb Vance's origin a little bit. You know, the story of Kanan escaping Order 66, you know, things like that. Um, and... By the way, they will for sure be doing that whenever they show how K2 and Cassian meet in season two of that show. Because um, there was a whole comic yeah. series about that. But <laughs> I um, I got to hand it to them. There is a very, what I felt, and I, and I actually sort of cross-checked this with our buddy King Tom, who's like, you know, one of our better read Star Wars friends. That boy re- yeah. reading all the books real fast. I knew this he, dude would have the info, right? He'd be your Star Wars comic book phone a friend. Yeah, your him or, or Sal or Rick Villanueva. We got a few. We've got a lot that, you know, stay up on the books. Um, and I remembered sort of vaguely, and I couldn't remember if it was mentioned in the Chuck Wendig Aftermath trilogy or if it was in the Leia Bloodline book it may have been mentioned in both honestly that like post you know Battle of Jakku right which was sort of one of the last big battles against the Empire post Return of the Jedi that Mon Mothma wanted to reduce the New Republic's military by like a large amount and I think it was 90% is what king tom said um right and you kind of see that in a way this episode right because they're you know they're taking those star destroyers and shit which they could have very easily just repurposed and used in the new republic right they're perfectly good warships right they could have just integrated those into their military but they're like you know decommissioning them and salvaging in them or whatever the hell that is that they're doing with them <clears throat> and kind of the idea that if you have all these weapons around you're going to use them 
Yeah, something like that, right? Um, so I, you know, I did kind of enjoy that slight nod to that little bit of, you know, canon lore from one of the books because it's not something that right. always happens. Um, oh, you know what I'm dying to get my hands on? One of those what's m- space six packs that they were all drinking around the the oh yeah the, the little yeah. Table. How they snap yeah. together and stuff. I was like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, leave leave me that to me to be the thing that I pick up on is like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the space the space juice mm-hmm. space juice packs. Um, and then like, so okay, so I do have another question, right? So they go through the whole you know Metal Gear Solid mission of sneaking onto. The Star Destroyer getting the mobile right. lab kit, and then she <sighs> like sort of betrays him and turns him over to the New Republic. Was the whole right. idea of her doing that so he would get hooked up to that machine? I guess so. Yeah, I guess that was the plan. Like knowing he was going to be reeducated, or they were going to use that machine. What and what's so sad is that it really did seem to be positively therapeutic at first. on the setting at which it yeah. was at first. Yeah. Until she uh, fucking... And then she went and like turned it up to 11 mm-hmm. and she might've killed him. He, his brain might be scrambled. He, he might be no longer a doctor. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out to the next episode, but uh, it, it can't be good. Yeah. Well, maybe that, a couple that, that episodes before we get that answer. And yeah, I don't. So that's another thing I don't quite understand. So, Okay. If she is working for Gideon, which I'm almost certain of, wouldn't he want Pershing back on his side to continue that research, right? So why Unless would he want to he do already it? got what he wanted out of him and doesn't want anybody to know or him to talk. That See, that's, that's what I was going to ask. Could it be that either he's already got what he needs – or does he have someone else filling that role already and he just wants to take Pershing off the the table, right? So he can't either, right. you know, fully divulge what he was up to to the New Republic or whatever right. it may be, right? I think Tying that, up loose ends. Yeah. Right. And the look she gave him when she put that machine on brain scrambled eggs mode, whew, evil. Whew. Yeah, right. She is truly lost. Man, it's sad too. Poor doctor. I just feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, uh, from the first season of the show, they kind of established that he's not like your typical, you know, story mad scientist, right? Like he was very insistent of on not wanting to hurt Grogu, right? When right when um, right. when old old dude from Grizzly Man. What's that guy's? Uh, Werner Herzog. When he's Werner talking Herzog. about like, oh, you could bring in the, you could bring in the bounty dead, and he's like, what? No, you know. Um. So yeah, it, it is a bit of a bummer. I don't know. I don't know that we're done seeing Doctor Pershing. Like they could, they could just as easily, I guess, like sci-fi it, it up. It gave him so, amnesia, and then he'll remember who he is. Well, right. Well, or they could really sci-fi it up and be like, well, she only scrambled the parts of his brain that had been, you know, sort of reprogrammed as part of the amnesty program. So now he's just back to being Moff Gideon scientist, boy, you know? 
Old science, huh. boy. Um, but I do think it's fascinating, and uh, you know, I clearly think we're going to see at least Katie O'Brien more in this show. Um, Interesting that they called it a mind flare. Oh yeah, that buddy. I picked up on that immediately. As soon as they said mind flare, I was like, "You goddamn D and D nerds, look at you!" Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, I bet you this. I bet you Will perks up when they drop that mind flare." I, I like, knew. Oh, mind flare. Mind flare, huh? It flays minds. Oh, maybe next next week they're gonna have a device called a beholder. Or I a- thought they were talking about the uh, pork gullet. Um, that he was going to be called the Mind Flayer, but oh, it's something different. It was a machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, bro! If they had brought in, if they had brought Boar Gullet in, I'd be like, oh, maybe a little too far on the the reoccurring references here. I mean, I can take a lot of those. I can take a whole lot of those. Um, but yeah, I um, I dug the episode, and then the stuff at the end, like I thought, was pretty effective with. Din taking Bo-Katan to the covert and, you know, the whole process of him being redeemed in their eyes and stuff. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It was cool. She was like, have you removed your helmet? And she's like, no. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you're in. You're in until you want to leave. I picked up on it pretty quickly, by the way, that she had not taken her helmet off that episode. You know, yeah. And at first, I was being like maybe a little cynical, being like, "Well, I uh, guess somebody wasn't around on set or wasn't available to be on set that day." But it it actually served a story purpose. Um, it did. And I'm telling you, all uh, Paz Vizsla is still going to be a problem. He is still, he, yeah. Real he salty. seems menacing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it still John Favreau's voice? Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't tell. It was so different. I don't know if he was just kind of putting on a different voice. or uh, But I couldn't tell if that was Favreau's voice or not. Yeah, it was him. It was uh, him. Yeah, he is definitely not happy with Din Djarin. No, he is not. He is certainly not. And, and like, you couldn't see, like, you can't see his face, obviously. But I know a side eye when I see him. Like, they cut to right. that one scene of him watching you know, the armorer talking about how like Din is redeemed and stuff. And that was a side yeah. eye. If I've ever seen one, you give him the old stink. That's eye. true. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sort of interested to see where that all goes. Cause I still firmly believe like the ultimate story destination for Din and Bo-Katan is not them being part of children of the watch or whatever, you know, like I don't right. think that is, um, right. I think that, you know, I kind of think the next step is that they'll be heading back to Mandalore now that they know that it's not poisoned and stuff, right? Um, right. And, you know, I definitely think Moff Gideon's going to be showing up and who knows where it all goes from there. But I'm excited to see. Um, I think this episode really sets up, you know, the last five episodes of this season for some pretty fascinating potential storylines as far as this is all concerned and apparently next episode is written by john favreau and dave filoni so strap in strap in somebody from clone wars probably going to be showing up or something 
Oh my goodness, Ahsoka. You know, I, I was actually talking to her buddy Johnny um, a little bit earlier today, and I kind of feel like Ahsoka's not going to show up this season, but I wouldn't, and I've said this before, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Sabine in to oh, Sabine. sort of lead into the Ahsoka show, right? Because she's part, Sabine yeah, is this part is of true. that show, and that show's coming this yeah. fall, so maybe that'll happen next episode. What if it's Bill Burr? Yeah, I don't know. I I would like to see his character uh, show back up. I just wonder when that's going to be. You have to figure because, like, he is a he's sort of a beloved character, especially after the second episode they did with him in season two, where right. he iced that imperial dude at that base. You know. Um, and he saw Mando pull his helmet off and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, he was real cool. You know, about it. kept his secret. But yeah, what's cool about it? So yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he'll be showing up. Hmm. He might. If there is another heist episode, they might use him in the heist episode since yeah. he was on a, a previous heist. I kind of wonder if he was meant to be part of that Cara Dune show. That's Rangers of the yeah. Yeah. Man, I got to tell you, I know they why they do it because the, you know, those were the the helmets that the dudes on Leia's ship were wearing at the beginning of A New Hope, but the New Republic's got to rethink their helmet game, man. Those uh, yeah. those trooper helmets they wear are not the way. This is not the way not, those helmets. No. That no. is not about it. Of all the things I love about the original trilogy, um, and you know how just about any sort of original trilogy visual reference makes me go, "Oh, that is not one of them." They gotta, they gotta get somebody with a little style. Like, yeah, storm, yeah, stormtroopers—they're not good, right? Like, we all agree, stormtroopers—they're bad guys. Like, you know, soldiers for the empire. You know, let's not, you know, we don't necessarily have to go with stormtroopers, but you know, you could snazz it up a little bit, a uniform and a goofy helmet. Mm. I think you were, I think the new Republic was doomed to get destroyed on Hosni and prime. The minute they were like, that's what we should do for our, our troopers or our, uh, our guards on Coruscant. They should wear these helmets. Mm -mm. I'd veto that. I'd be fighting that <laughs> like it was the demilitarization of the New Republic. In the Senate, I'd be like, listen, guys, we can talk about reducing the size of the military by 90%, but we got something way more important to talk about, and that's those stupid fucking helmets. We got to get those out of here. You know what looked good this episode? The Mon Calamari. Oh, yeah. The characters. Yeah. Come those on. looked great. They did look great, but... I mean, they were great. When Pershing was uh, on the table and he's like, it's a trap. And then like, yeah, sort right? of focus and on the Mon, the Mon Cal. Cal look, he, like, yeah, he kind of looks to the side. I was like, okay, guys, I'll allow guys. it this once. Okay. I'll allow it this once. Did you think you were going to sneak that one? Past yeah. Did something? you think I wasn't going to go at that, guys? I'm not. <laughs> I'm letting you have it this one time. Like we said at the beginning, I'm a bit of a lenient fan when it comes to this show because it's, it's Mandalorian. It's one of those things that you're like, all right, you got it out of your system? Everybody got it out of this. Okay, are we good? We're good? Okay. So, 
challenge Did we for get episode the Mon Calamari four? trap. Yep. Check. Got it. <laughs> What'd you think about Bad Batch this week? I thought it was good. I did too. Um, I thought it was it, I, honestly, it was cathartic. It was predictable, and then it was cathartic again. So like, uh, it was good. It was a roller coaster ride. It uh, it was it showed a pissed off um, Sid, which was like, all right, you can you know, fuck you, Sid. Anyway, uh, I liked that the the Indiana Jones lady was. Uh, really cool with them and brought them to her safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like the island. Do you get a little bit of a vibe between her and Tech? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I saw it twice. Yep. That intimate conversation and then he held her as they ascended with a grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Both of those oh, yeah. have romantic when, inclinations. When he did the where did you get these wonderful toys bit from Batman 89. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, I, 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 you know what? I'll tell you why I like this episode because I always enjoy the sort of like you, you know, you can't really say it was a peaceful episode because some real horrifying shit goes down, but comparatively, there wasn't a villain. Yeah. It, it was com- a natural disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was comparatively, um, you know, Uh, fairly peaceful for them we got to see them you know like take a break and you know it seems like they found this really nice place to hang out um gotta say you know when you know that question that comes up every now and then people be like if you could live on any star wars planet where would it be well my answer is now pabu because that place pabu right that place pretty fucking cool man they got those friendly ass monkey creatures yep and everybody's they, cool and chill yep help each other neighborly yep um all now, you listen, could eat sushi and I, then I, fruit you got, buddy, it was so nice to see wrecker full like he even made the comment he's like i'm never full i was like yes you eat eat to your heart's content wrecker i understand you buddy i'm glad you picked it they were totally eating sushi i was like look at this it's space sushi it just doesn't yep. even really look that much different than regular sushi um, no, not much. I uh, just enough to be Star Warsy. I'll say this: if I lived on Pabu, I'm living in Upper Pabu because you know who ain't yeah, right. getting the Upper Pabu when the storm surge, surge comes. Your old pal Halls, right? As so, I say, you know what's not wheelchair accessible? All those damn stairs and ladders. When yeah, the fucking yeah. Well, you know, if you is. noticed, like when they were running, it, that was all ramps, right? But. Yeah. If if the if the ladders have to get involved, pff, I'm getting washed out to sea. See you later. Be no. me and Wilson the fucking volleyball hanging out in the ocean on Pabu. Talking about See, damn, this I is should. The thing. It's Star Wars. If we, if you had to have a chair, like and not robot pants, we would. It would have like a. And you lived on an island. It would have like a a scuba, a scuba like slash underwater four wheeler mode. Where like it would convert for you. Well, that now <laughs> that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I really like this episode. Uh, you know, I like the idea of them hanging out on the planet and helping them recover from this disaster. But you know, it's all going to go to shit, 
real quickly. It has, you know, yeah. you know, it has to. That was the thing. That's how I knew, like, everything was so good in the mm-hmm. beginning of this episode, like, so good for them, cathartically good. Like, I was like, well, something very bad is about to happen. I don't know what's about to happen, but something terrible is about to happen. And of course it did, you know, but, uh, because everybody was so happy and so kind of relieved and relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting to see the the danger or the threat this episode be like, you know, a natural disaster versus everything else they've come up against. Yeah. Um, and I imagine this episode plays differently internationally. Well, There's a lot of audiences that have to deal with like, you know, yeah. tsunamis and yeah. stuff that's probably very intense for them as well. Yeah. One hundred percent fucking done with Sid now, by the way. Like oh, yeah, fuck Sid. Are you fucking kidding me with the, the blackmail phone? That's an call abusive relationship. Yeah. Get out of here. You don't you go fuck. back to that shit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm gonna throw Sid into the ocean on Pabu. Get out of here. Get out of here. The worst. They need to change their number. I have a feeling that uh so if the last two episodes are kind of connected, right, and we're getting them together, then I have to—I have a feeling that the next episode will be, you know, however this all falls apart, right? The Empire dude coming for Omega because he's the key to Lamasu. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's going to be that, but I have a feeling maybe maybe, maybe wild prediction Crosshair shows up. And double crosses the Empire and tries to rejoin the team to try to get Omega back next season. That would be kind of cool. I kind of think I, I'm like, so, you know, they made such a big deal about like, I haven't even told Sid about this place, right? I right. have a feeling that somehow Sid is going to be the one that screws them over. That's what. Oh, that would be so sad. Just after Especially that shitty. Make money off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Well, listen, you want to hear from some of our friends? We got a little catching up to do because we didn't do voicemails and stuff last week. Let's do it. All right. Let me get to it. Let's get to this first. Don't tattoo your dick. Sheesh! <laughs> Salad. 
dude, this reminds me. I have to show you this. So Jess Smith. That's inspirational. It sure is. Um, Jess Smith, who made that for us, <clears throat> dropped a killer Photoshop in the Blue Harvest Discord that I want to show you. Um, oh, wow. Here it is. Okay. You have to see it. It made me laugh so much. Look at this. Do you see this? It's the Blue Harvest Filoni Baloney Edition Double Down. <laughs> so it's an ad for the KFC Double Down, right? And it's got yeah, you know, yeah. the fried chicken. And instead of the bacon in the middle, like the Double Down, it's got fried bologna and then cheese and another chicken patty and a tiny little um, <laughs> Dave Filoni hat on it. This made me laugh The Dave so Filoni hat is it's, the kicker. That nah, sends it over perfect. the edge. It's perfect. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think this all came out because he originally uh, posted the Diablo. Because I guess they're doing a Diablo 4 double down crossover. Ooh, I got to order. Oh, wow. I have to order that Spicy online. Spicy double downs. I have to order that online by March 18th for early beta access. Guess who's having Ooh. a double down <laughs> a double for dinner down, down dinner, dinner tomorrow. I love early beta access. So yeah, shit. That made me laugh. The Filoni baloney double down. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Let's hear one from our buddy King Tom. My, my uh, literary, one of my literary fact checkers. Hey there, Hawkwell. I really times. enjoyed both parts of uh, this Wednesday's Star Wars extravaganza. Also liked um, Haas's recaps of both Mando and Bad Batch. And um, I got I have some comments and a question related to some Star Wars food and drink issues, beverages, uh, as it were. Um, kind of related to, to things that Haas said in, his, uh, in, in your recaps there. Um, first, the space sushi that, that we saw in the Bad Batch, that... I think is the most delicious looking thing I've seen in a Star Wars so far, and that's saying a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely live on that planet just for the sushi alone. Um, the the bottles of, of sodi pop they had in, in the Mando, those were pretty cool. But what I think would be cooler, um, I don't know if this was anywhere else, um, or if this sounds familiar, uh, Hosnwell, but in one of the, the Han Solo trilogy books from the 70s, uh, the ones done by Brian Daly, they had bottles of, like, space wine that had this LED display on the outside. Um, and it was like, as soon as you open the bottle, this, like, video played or something like that. And it was pretty cool. Um, I don't know if that would be cool the first time and then annoying every other time. Um after that but that's something that that i'd love to see and finally um when the kane and pershing went to that festival and they had the glow in the dark pops if they had those at galaxy's edge um or the you know the glow pops for 23 dollars, i would so buy one but my, my big question is um do glow pops make your poop glow Ooh. figured you guys would know better than anyone else anyway thanks for listening thanks for the great podcast i'll talk to you guys later that's now King Tom knows how to ask a question. Let me tell you. Yeah, he does. He knows how to fact check some Star Wars book um, knowledge, and he knows how to ask a real fucking question. Man, those what if it doesn't make your poop glow, but it makes your pee bioluminescent? Well, like, what if you have glow glow pee? I've been 
buddy, let me tell you, that is not as it's it's not as fun as you think it would be. Right? <laughs> get you get chemo drugs shot into your bladder a couple times a week, and your your PP looks a little weird. Let me say, and it, the first time you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's weird. Radioactive and glow Four hundredth time you're like, this is my life now. <laughs> oh my goodness um <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> dude i love little slice of life details in star wars and so when they showed up with those glowing popsicles i don't know about you yeah i know about you will i know you get down on a popsicle because i know we used to crush cases of freezer pops crush oh, yeah. them bro talking about going into the freezer and be like i'm gonna get one of every flavor Ooh, yeah, I love those things. Um, so, yeah. do you think there's uh, there's speculation on what to call them? Whether they're freezer pops or freeze pops or otter pops or, but it, it depends on the flavor pops. It depends on the brand you get. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pop I, ice. I like otter pop flavor ice. Otter pop is my preferred nomenclature for them, just because yeah. it's otters. I like otters. Ooh. Right. How many? 27 for 7.98. Okay. All right. What flavors you get in this? You get uh orange, red, green, a different type of orange, purple and blue. <laughs> that may be peach. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um Man, I love a goddamn popsicle. Somebody's going to be adding otter It's a pops. very grandma. It's a very grandma's deep freeze kind of thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. My grandmother used to have banana popsicles, and they would come in a set of two, like the twin mm -hmm. banana, yellow banana flavored popsicles. Mm -hmm. You know Those why I? That's what my grandma had. You know why I like Otter Pops because they don't have the stick. There's something about the wooden yeah. popsicle stick that makes my teeth itch. I don't know how to uh, interesting uh, describe it any other way. Oh, bruh. Can you eat ice cream with the wooden mm -mm. spoon, the mm -mm. wooden paddle, mm -mm. when it's given to you? Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Something about it. Something about it I do not like. I do. Look at this. Homemade Otter Pops. Okay. Okay. No, thank you. I'm sure they're fine, but <laughs> no, thank you. I need whatever bladder cancer-causing chemicals <laughs> are in the OG. I need the cancer-giving kind. I need yeah. that vibrant blue. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 80 otter pops for $10. Ooh, and there's a 5% coupon. When would that be here? Oh, what's, man. What's the estimated delivery date on those bad boys? Saturday? Hmm. I'll consider it. I'll consider it. <laughs> consider it done. Consider it done. That's right. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I saw those glowing popsicles, I was like, well, I'm fascinated by this. And for sure, Disney is, that means Disney is planning to release that specific item at a park sometime soon. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. I was like, you let those Imagineers or whatever they're called come out with a way to sell those for $24 at Galaxy's Edge. That's it. It'll be a reusable stick that has a light within yes, the stick. That's how you do it. And right? so it'll look like the popsicle glows, but you'll keep the collectible stick after the end, you'll take that home with you. It'll have a little Star Wars thingy on it. Yeah. And you can light it back up again. People, or make yourself a glow popsicle if you're really into it. People will be like, what's that weird sticky plastic stick on your Star Wars shelf? I'll be like, that's from my 
super expensive popsicle. Oh, how was it? I mean, it was That's a popsicle. forty dollar glow popsicle from Star Wars. Star Wars Land. I got it on a planet of a trillion people. I will tell you, they have two alcoholic beverages in Star Wars World, and um, the the blue milk and the green milk. Both of them are exquisite. They are both great drinks. Well, they've They're got a delicious. bunch of other alcoholic drinks in the cantina too right? in the cantina yeah too i'm talking this is out like uh out in the oh, in the park i want to like go a so little bad. stand and I'm it's kind of like a frozen drink too like it's like a slushy frozen and i'm starting to see people go to damn super mario world at universal studios Ooh, in universal California. Ooh. and that's making me jealous but i i can't go to that before i go to galaxy's edge like i have to have priority. you're kidding both <sighs> Yeah, I wish, Will. I wish. Trust me. You kidding? There was a originally I had I had kind of planned on maybe going to Disney on this week that I have days off, but not really supposed to be out in huge crowds like that right now. So Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of energy. The exertion to travel that much and well, go to Disney. And all the shit that exhausting. It's gonna be, you know down around these parts at spring break currently right i know spring break is different for different people you know sort of yeah my on. kids are currently on spring break right but like i ain't trying to go to galaxy's edge on spring break i i just need to know when it's like a little less busy that's when i want to go yeah all right next up we there have maybe one. um hmm? somewhere online they can tell you yeah you know when the least busy day of the year is yeah i'm sure um Next up, we got one from our buddy Vinny the Mandalorian. What's up, Thousand Will? Here's Vinny with some fun Mandalorian facts. From last week's episode, those Mandos were carrying uh, banners that uh, are very ceremonial to us Mandalorians. If you're ever at a convention where the Mercs are at, um, you'll see us do a death march with very similar banners up and down celebrating the lives and um, Mandalorian folk who have uh, who are marching on um, Something significant about the banner with the uh, Flowers on it. Uh, I actually had to look it up. It's a uh, pre Vizslas or just a Vizsla clan and um I was actually taken aback uh, because they're following the armor, and uh, I wonder if these were some of the forces that Bo-Katan was talking about that left her after she lost a dark saber and then found other Mando sex, if you will. Uh, sex, not sex. Uh, Could be. <laughs> whores, mm -hmm. yeah. whores. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, right, no. uh, love you guys. Hope you had a wonderful week. I have not much of a question, just a what's up? Mando's back, baby. All right, back. <laughs> baby. <clears throat> I, so I have noticed that. Like, there's always, like, you know, at the couple of, um, uh, celebrations I've been to, I've seen the Mando Mercs walking around with their banners. So that's cool. Um, Man, it'd be cool to have a fucking full set of 
Mandalorian armor. I got to keep losing weight, though. You know what I mean? I ain't trying to be, like, because it wouldn't be, like, big boy Paz Vizsla. It'd be, like, this is not the way. You know what I mean? With me and Mando armor. No, dude, you're totally skinny. I'd have to have. way skinny enough. I would have to have, like, a special gut piece. You know what I mean? Like, bolus around my gut. All right. Next up, we have one from Neil. Play the drum solo of life. What's up, Paz and Will? It's Neil. Give me a call from Chicago. Uh, Calling about uh, chapter 18 of Mandalorian, the Minds of Mandalore. Um, You know, I I think this episode is is really, really good for a number of reasons. Um, I, I think this show does a good job of expounding on things that we've already um, learned about in previous lore, uh, specifically, you know, the sacking and the fusion macing of, uh, of Mandalore itself, um, and being able to see the surface and this, like, crystal tomb-like uh, appearance that it now has is very haunting um, when you realize that probably about 10 years prior it was, a you know, a full running civilization. Um so, you know, that's that's kind of scary, uh, but also, again, you really feel Bo-Katan's pain when she's talking about it. Um, so, uh, another thing was the, the creatures. Um, so, I think they were called, like, uh, Akamites or something to that effect that, um, that Bo-Katan identified them as. You know, seeing Mando fight them, again, having trouble with the Darksaber, not, again, fully understanding the lessons um, that he learned from the armor. Um, and then seeing, you know, Bo-Katan and Grogu all kind of fighting them at one point or another during the show, um, you know, it was cool. They have a cool creature design. They look like something that, you know, would have lived underground, um, but then maybe migrated when they realized that their main competition on the planet, um, was gone, which was the Mandalorians. Um, and then, um, you know, further, I'm not really sure what that guy was supposed to be, that spider creature thing. Um, but that was a really cool design. Um, you know, there had to be something that got Bo-Katan involved in this. Um, I, I thought that was pretty clear when Din left her castle in the last episode. So, I mean, this was a good way of doing it. Um, it really showed off Grogu's ability to be a little bit more independent than he's been in previous seasons. Um, specifically, his control of that pod uh, is, is very, very impressive um, compared to how he used it previously. Um, you know, he's making, you know, vertical leaps and descents, and, you know, he's hovering around. Um, so that was, you know, that's really awesome. Um, the other thing was the, the, the Mythosaur. I, I really didn't think they would go toward that as quickly this season, but it was really cool that Din and Bo-Katan both saw that, and it kind of made some of these stories, I think, more real in that moment. Like, when they're back on the shore... Uh, after that, and they're just kind of looking at each other, like, that look of, like, holy shit, that thing is real, like, uh, was, I thought was extremely well done, um, I, I think this, this season holds a lot of promise, I, I think there's gonna be a lot further explanation of areas of the Star Wars timeline that, uh, we don't have a lot of info on, we're gonna get more, uh, so I'm excited, uh, I, I hope you guys are having a great week, and, uh, hope you have a wonderful wonderful thursday and friday talk to you later bye thanks buddy well so he sent that after the last the second episode so you know we have a little more right. context this week that din didn't see it 
which is interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I uh, we're gonna see that Joker again. That Mythosaur is showing back up again this season. I'm certain. Absolutely. I don't know if they call him out to defeat Gideon or whatever, but hmm. it it would be sick. Yeah, I kind of wonder if Bo-Katan is going to try and tame it or whatever. Like, you know. The, I wonder, yeah. The um, That's why I was wondering why she didn't tell Din unless she had designs on some, using it. Who knows? Who knows? We're, I mean, we'll find out. She's been a little cagey about it. All right, so Josh sent us a voicemail last week and then followed it up with an email that says, Hey, guys, I loved the last episode. Good to hear pure, uncut Halls and Will kicking it live and toasty. How could you tell? Most of the voicemail I sent in will be irrelevant next week, plus I got something wrong, so please don't bother playing it if you're planning to catch up on voicemails. I'll send in another one next week or the week after. May the force be with you, Josh. Well, I was planning on playing it anyway, but then he said he got something wrong, and so I don't. I want to do that to Josh. So thanks anyway, buddy. We'll hear from you soon. Otherwise, if he hadn't thrown that little tidbit in, I was like, well, we're going to play it. <clears throat> All right, next up, we got one from Sam. Sam says, howdy, Halls and Will. I'm not an expert on hiking in polar conditions. Neither am I. But shouldn't part of Crosshair's face been falling off with frostbite? I mean, he's not winning any beauty contests with the pepperoni head, but I figured he would have been losing an ear or part of his nose or something being out in the cold that long without a helmet. Also, do you think we'll see the Mithral when we go back to Navarro again in Mando? I was surprised to not see him in the premiere episode. Anyways, keep up the great work, fellas, and have a great week. Best wishes, Sam. I forgot about the Mithral character. Um, hold on. I feel like... I don't know why. I feel like something happened with that actor. Um, who plays him, and that might be why he's not in it anymore. Who was it that played him? Who played who? The Mithral, this guy. The blue boy from the first two seasons. He's in the very first episode of The Mando, and then we see Oh, him Horatio Sands. Yeah, did something weird happen with Horatio Sands? Oh, not that I'm familiar with. Let's see. And he was from... Mad TV, right? Right, but I feel like there might have been a, like maybe a, oh, like a recent scandalous event. Yeah, let's see. Yep, yep, yep. Oh no, he won't be coming back, eh? Yep, it says on August 21st, a lawsuit was filed against Sands accusing him of sexual assault. In November 2022, he settled with the accuser and the lawsuit was dismissed. Yeah, we ain't going to be seeing him anymore. We ain't going to be seeing that Mithral mm. anymore. Get out of here, you blue bastard. He's frozen in carbonite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, I knew, I knew there was something. Like, the minute Sam brought that up, I was like, something happened with the dude that played him, I'm pretty sure. I was almost certain of it. 
Uh, next up, we've got a voicemail from Vlorian. He says, hey, you two, I hope my constant voicemail barrage is not getting annoying. Let me know if it does. It's not at all, buddy. How dare you even imply such a thing? All right, let's hear it. Hello, Hausenwill. So by now it's pretty clear that Dr. Pershing used Grogu for cloning purposes. I assume he was trying to clone an individual, including their force powers, maybe as a test run for the Emperor, so that they don't have to waste the Emperor's blood. So uh, will we ever see Grogu's clone? Maybe an evil version of him? Maybe the two Grogu's fight each other at the end of the Thrawn saga or a crossover event? Hmm. Grogu, you know? Ooh, ooh, oh, with like two use, of course. Looks... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of toys of evil Grogu would they sell? What kind of toys of evil Grogu would you buy? Hmm. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. I got to say, love you, Florian. Thanks for sending in the voicemail, buddy. I don't know that there's much I want to see less than like a clone of Grogu that's a bad guy. I just don't. I don't know that I have any interest in no. that. You know. I do. I love yeah. his reference to Luke from the Timothy Zahn books because, listen, peace and love. Those books meant a lot to me as a kid when they came out. But everybody that tries to act like it was some, you know, ultimate in Star Wars storytelling, when there's a clone of Luke and his name is Luke with two U's, you know, not even the man Timothy Zahn himself hits a home run every time, you know? He's an amazing writer, and he's done a lot for Star Wars. Everybody has a miss occasionally. Um, and that You know what that reminds me of? There was a guy I knew one time. Do you remember the... It's one of the episodes of Clone Wars where Yoda has a vision of him as like a dark sider, right? Like if he was evil and there's like this dark side Yoda... Um, yeah, yeah. And I knew this dude for a little while that was obsessed with that. And I never got it because to me it was the most corny edge. Like it was cool in concept of the show. I'm not saying that. Um, it was more um, just the concept, the most edgelordy corny thing to be into. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, evil yeah. Yoda. His eyes glow red. There he is. Look at him. This yep, guy? I see that. Yep. I knew a guy that was obsessed his with His inner part of him, his inner darkness. Like I said, in the context of the Clone Wars episode, it was really cool and well done. But yeah. I just can't see that being my thing, you know? Yeah, no. So, oh. I'm really into Sith Yoda and that things. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right. <clears throat> Last but certainly not least, we have from one from Utah. Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Awesome, Will. I have a hunch that R5 downloaded Bo-Katan's ship computer when he tapped into the security camera. It's just a hunch, but could reveal what she's up to. What do you think? Do you have any other hunches? I, I mean, I guess that certainly could be the case. I just don't know what she would necessarily be up to that we would need to know. Like, what's she up to? She's hanging out at her castle being salty that she doesn't have the darksaber. 
kind of seems like what she's been up to, you know? Um, yeah. Now, I think she's going to be up to something. And what that something is, I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm interested to see, but I don't know what it's going to be. But I don't, I don't have... Um, I really don't have any guesses on or thoughts on that she was like had any ill intent or was up to anything shady right like i don't know why mm -hmm. i just don't get that vibe i think like when she didn't get the dark saber like her homies left <coughs> um and um at that point you know she was just like well i guess i'm gonna go hang out at my castle alone and just sit on my my throne and be salty for a little bit you know now look at her she's part of the children of the watch for now i still don't think that's gonna stick right around i don't think that's gonna stick around <clears throat> i don't know but it it has proven to be beneficial on more than one occasion in din Djarin's, uh experience to have the children of the watch as allies yeah oh for sure they've definitely helped him out more they than show once. up and save the day several times yeah and like f very briefly remember like the fucking iron man scene when Paz Vizsla was flying next to um the razor crust when he was escaping navarro with grogu and he like saluted and shit and you're like oh the big guy's cool no right big guy is definitely not cool He's definitely, he might be the one Mandalorian in the galaxy more salty than Bo-Katan currently. <clears throat> yeah. That Darksaber was made by Tar Vizsla, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he definitely. The Mandalorian Jedi? Yeah, you definitely have to figure he feels like some entitlement to that through, you know. That it rightfully belongs to him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. So Mandalore possessed it at some point. Yeah. Well, so or so what happened? Was Tar Vizsla Mandalore? Um, the Mandalore. Remember. So he became. He was the first Mandalorian Jedi. He made the dark saber. After he died, it was kept in the Jedi Temple, and then the Mandalorians, when they raided the Jedi Temple, stole it back. And then the next time we see it, uh, pot not Paz Vizsla. Who's the other Vizsla guy from Clone Wars? Pre. I think pre it's pre-Vizsla. Yeah, pre-come-Vizsla has it, right? <laughs> and then Darth Maul kills old pre-come-Vizsla and gets it. And then right. Sabine gets it from Darth Maul. And Sabine gives it to Bo-Katan. But since she gave it to her and Bo-Katan didn't win it in combat, it doesn't count. And then somehow Gideon gets it. And then Bo-Katan either lost it or lost it to Gideon. Right. And then Din beats Bo-Katan and takes the Darksaber. So that's at least the history, give or take, that we know. It goes Tar Vizsla, he dies. They, they leave it in the Jedi Temple. The Mandalorians raid the Jedi Temple, you know, like thousands of years ago. That would sure make something cool to see in a movie or something. Why can't we see that? <laughs> and then... Um, Man, Tar Vizsla, just that name. You know, that's one of my Final Fantasy fourteen characters' names is Tar Vizsla. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. It's a good Final Fantasy character name. Um, 
Tar that that little nugget of backstory of Star Wars lore is one of my favorite things. It is the most Halls Burkhart fan fictiony concept that there was a yeah. Mandalorian Jedi who had a black lightsaber. <laughs> you know, right? Um, that had a fat ass blade on it. Yeah, as cool as shit. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Whew. Man. Well, I think that does it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. Dude, thank you for recording with me. Look I love it. talking Star Wars with we you. We got it knocked out early. Look at that. So listen, oh my goodness, it's single digits. I know. Normally, we might not even be getting kicked off recording until this time. Um, yeah, I know. So listen, guys, do me a favor, okay? Um, leave us a review on iTunes. That would be cool. We really appreciate it. It helps other people find us. If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Um, come hang out on stream next week. I will be streaming a lot of the days, a lot of the day between the 20th and the 25th. Okay? Blue That's Harvest. Staycation streamathon. Yep. Twitch.tv slash Blue Harvest Pod. I'll be going in for treatments on Monday and Tuesday. And then, depending on how I feel when I get home those days, I might lay down for a bit or, you know, take it easy and then kick off the stream. But Good otherwise, idea. otherwise, I'll be streaming. I'll be hanging out. Come hang out. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll be coming by. Steve, Jeff, Nick. I don't know. Maybe Sean Hoffman. His name is Jeff. His name is Jeff. Um, but either way, we will be back next week to talk about two more episodes of Star Wars. And that's going to rule. So until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhardt. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>